He said, prove it this way. I'll put a fleece out to the threshing floor. That's where we get the little saying that we use today, you know, putting a fleece before God. And uh, if the fleece is wet in the morning and the ground is dry, then I will know it's you. Well, guess what? The next morning, fleece was wet, ground was dry. How many think you would have heard from God? Giddy, not so much. Oh, giddy, baby. He got a little giddy. Why? Because he's in the back of his mind. He's thinking, okay, this is going to cost something I know. And so he said, okay, God, I got it. I got it. But if it's really you, make the fleece dry and the ground wet. So how many know what God did? He made the fleece dry and the ground wet. What he was really doing He's saying, God, I want to know that I know that I know that I know it's you because I know this is going to cost me your life. Listen to you, ladies and gentlemen. God speaks to us every single day. The reason we don't listen and the reason most of us can't recognize is because we've got so many distractions, so many voices calling us, and we know deep down in our heart of hearts that God's going to expect everything from us. Welcome to the Destined to Win podcast with pastor and teacher Tim Masters. Pastor Tim is the senior pastor of Victorious Life Christian Center in Flagstaff, Arizona. I'm Joe Harding, inviting you to join us for worship services Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at the Flagstaff Middle School Complex. For more information on the ministries of Victorious Life Christian Centers or to make a donation, visit us online at vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Now with today's message, here's Pastor Tim Masters. Got a lot of scripture uh, as we wrap this up. This coming Wednesday night, if you haven't made it, I have been taking the Sunday morning of teaching on how to hear the voice of God, and I've been expounding it on Wednesday nights. We've been going into a lot of scripture. How many have been the Wednesday nights, and this has really helped you a lot, okay? So this Wednesday night, I'll conclude uh, this teaching on how to hear the voice of God. And quickly this morning, I want to wrap up our Sunday morning part. I'm really excited about our next series. I believe it's going to give people a lot of victory, a lot of strength, and a lot of understanding of how to overcome the difficulties that we face, might I say, every day in our lives. As we have looked at this series, one of the greatest difficulties in hearing God's voice is knowing whether or not he even speaks to us. Or not knowing, it's not knowing whether or not he speaks to us, but it's rather trying to recognize when he is speaking. So the question and the answer, I believe, comes simultaneous. The question is, can we recognize God's voice? And then the answer that we ask is not yes. The answer we 
set is how. And so for a few minutes, I'm going to try my very best to give you what the Bible says is the clearest way to understand God's voice. God has spoken to people in various ways over the years. Yet countless people say, how do I really recognize his voice? I always figure the best way to do these things is to take you back into God's word. Because the truth is, folks, outside of God's word, nothing else matters. Can you say amen? First Samuel, we find the story of a, of a boy, a recording of a boy named Samuel, the great prophet, probably one of the greatest prophets that the Bible records. And I want to pick it up in verse 1 of chapter 3. The boy Samuel was serving the Lord by assisting the prophet Eli, uh, the high priest Eli, excuse me. Now in those days, and I want you to hear this, messages from the Lord were very rare. In those days, messages from the Lord were very rare. One night, Eli, almost blind by now, had gone to bed, and Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark, and God suddenly called out. Say that word with me, suddenly. Suddenly. You see, God doesn't do things haphazardly. God does things purposefully and suddenly. That's why the Bible tells us over in 2 Timothy to be instant in season and out of season, always prepared, First uh, Peter says, to give a response for our life in Christ. The scripture continues on. Suddenly the Lord cried out, Samuel. Samuel replied, yes, what is it? He got up and ran to Eli and he said, here am I. Did you call me? And Eli said, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. And the Lord called him again, and he immediately ran to see Eli again. And Eli replied, go back to bed. I didn't call you. The third time, when God called Samuel, Eli said something different. He said, when the Lord calls you, speak and say, Lord, your servant is listening. I want to focus on one part of that passage that I just skipped over, and that is that Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord. Samuel, one of the greatest prophets that the Bible records, did not know God's voice because he was just learning to hear. He was just learning and how was he learning? He was sitting at the feet of the high priest named Eli. You see, you and I are not alone in this quest of trying to hear God's voice. Great men and women of God in Scripture, when the Lord first began to speak to them, did not recognize that it was God's voice. I can take you all the, back, all the way back to Noah when God told him to build an ark. All the way back to Abraham when God told him to leave the place that he knew. All the way back to Moses. Over and over, great men and women of God did not know God's voice. Because like you, like I, they had to learn to recognize it. The Bible says Samuel did not recognize God's voice. But I want you to look at this. He needed Eli to instruct him. Another passage that I want to take you to is the book of Judges was a man named Gideon. So unfamiliar with the voice of God 
that Gideon actually challenged God. Let's look at the story starting in the 13th verse of chapter 6. Let me give you a little background. The angel of the Lord has manifest, has physically appeared to Gideon. And Gideon starts questioning the angel and said, if the Lord is with us, why is all this stuff happening? How many of you feel like Gideon? God, if you're with me, why is all this stuff going on? Where's all the miracles that the ancestors told us about? How about you and me? Where's all the stuff the Bible has said? The Lord brought us up out of Egypt, the scripture goes on, but now he's, as he abandoned us, handing us over to the Midianites, and the Lord turned to him and said, and I want you to underline this in your notes, please, because this is not talking about some mysterious or when you have arrived or when you got your act together thing. Look what he said. Go with the strength you have. Do you see that in your passage? Go with the strength you have. A lot of people think, well, I don't hear from God. I'm just not good enough. That's not what the Bible says. It has nothing to do with being good enough. Well, I'm not mature enough. It has nothing to do with me mature enough. I haven't been saved long enough. God said, go with the strength you have. And then he said, rescue Israel from the Midianites because I am sending you. And Gideon, Mr. Pessimist, said, how can I save Israel? Now, I want you to stop here, and I want you to look at Gideon, and I want you to think of yourself. Because we do this every time. God says, I'm not worried about what you can't do. I want you to give me what you can do. I'm not worried about what you don't have. I want you to give me what you do have. And then he starts making excuses when he realizes, well, it's not about this, that, or the other thing. Okay, well, God, do you realize who I am? I'm the least in my clan. I'm the weakest of all of Israel. How can I do this? And then God once again said, I'm going to be with you. You will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against just one man. And then Gideon starts challenging the Lord even more. Look what he says. If you're truly going to be with me, show me a sign that will prove it is really the Lord speaking to me. Now, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Jacob, let me ask you a question. Skylar here is an angel. He shows up and starts talking to you. I mean, he's right there. And he's just... He's doing the whole dude thing. Well, maybe not the dude thing, but he's talking to you. Would you look around him and figure he doesn't really exist? He's not really there. You, you, would, you wouldn't question it, would you? Okay. Your name is now Gideon. He's the angel. Why would you question what you see right in front of your face? You wouldn't. Doesn't that sound like the logical answer? Why did Gideon do this? Listen to me. I shared this on Wednesday night, and I got a lot of people irritated at me. I have that gift, as I've shared with before. Most of us really don't want to hear from God because we know it's going to cost us something. I got one amen out of the bunch of you. 
most of us really don't want to hear from God because we know it's going to cost us something. I mean, wouldn't it be nice if God just showed up and said, you know, uh, Dan Smith, my anointing's on you. I'm going to take you to Honolulu. You are going to evangelize. And you're all into that, aren't you? Hey, I'm there, God. Oh, but he didn't tell you that he's going to take you by way of Malta and by way of Crete and by way of, oh, he's going to get you to Honolulu, but if he told you the whole trip that was planned out, you might not listen. See, I think what happened with Gideon is Gideon knew enough about his ancestors, knew enough about the stuff that the Bible said that he was saying, what's this thing going to cost me? And so it was easier to make excuses than accept responsibility. He said, if you're going to be with me, then do these things. We are all, yes, I would get excited too. We are all waiting on God to do something. But can I tell you something? The truth is God's really waiting on us. It's not about God talking. It's about us listening. Let's go on with Judges. So Gideon basically told the angel, if, if, if you're really from God, you stay here while I go prepare an offering. And he came back and he offered the offering. Then we pick up the story in, in the 36th chapter, or, or 36th verse of chapter 6. Then Gideon said to God, if you are truly going to use me to rescue Israel, as you have promised, prove it to me this way. I love John up here as he was receiving the tithe and the offering this morning talking about the second place in the Bible that God gave man permission to challenge him. It was in finances. The first place was in a personal relationship with him. To show you and me, it doesn't matter how big the Midianite army is. I'm going to defeat them through you as if they were just one person. Ladies and gentlemen, it's never an issue of who we are, what we are, where we are. It's always an issue of who he is and is he in us. He said, prove it this way. I'll put a fleece out to the threshing floor. That's where we get the little saying that we use today, you know, putting a fleece before God. And uh, if the fleece is wet in the morning and the ground is dry, then I will know it's you. Well, guess what? The next morning, fleece was wet, ground was dry. How many think you would have heard from God? Giddy, not so much. Oh, giddy, baby. He got a little giddy. Why? Because he's in the back of his mind. He's thinking, okay, this is going to cost something. I know. And so he said, okay, God, I, I got it. I got it. But if it's really you, make the fleece dry and the ground wet. So how many know what God did? He made the fleece dry and the ground wet. What he was really doing, he's saying, God, I want to know that I know that I know that I know it's you because I know this is going to cost me your life. Listen to ladies and gentlemen. God speaks to us every single day. The reason we don't listen and the reason most of us can't recognize is because we've got so many distractions, so many voices calling us, and we know deep down in our heart of hearts that God's going to expect everything from us. Unlike Gideon in your notes, unlike Samuel, they didn't have a Bible to turn to. 
Oh, they, you know, had the, the, the first five books of Moses as they were written. And they remembered all the things that they had done. But you and I have a Bible, a complete Bible from Genesis to Revelation that we can read, that we can study, that we can meditate. We can see how God spoke in the past. Second Timothy says these words, all scripture is inspired by God and useful to teach that which is true to make us right and realize what is wrong in our lives. And here's the problem we start to deal with. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. Why? Because God uses it to prepare and equip you and I for every good work. We were talking about the children's ministry early. The reality is all of us are supposed to be in ministry, in the church, outside of the church. We are supposed to not be going to church. We're supposed to be the church. Can somebody say amen? In recognizing God's voice, we have to settle that first issue. And that first issue is, God, not my will, but thy will be done. And then when we make that decision, then in your notes, when a certain topic or decision comes up in our lives, we immediately go to God's word and see what God's word has to say. Why? Because God will never lead us contrary to what his word has taught us. Can I tell you something? If it was wrong in the Old Testament, it's wrong in the New Testament. If it's wrong in the New Testament, it's wrong in today's life. It never changes. Well, you know, that was for then and that was now. You know, the Bible has to catch up. No. It caught up already. It was at the end before it was at the beginning. Can somebody say amen? See, I learned a long time ago, before was, was, God was. Titus chapter 1 says, I have been sent to proclaim faith to those who has chosen to teach them to know the truth that shows them how to live a godly life. This is what the Word of God does. To hear God's voice, what is the Bible saying? We need to belong to Him. How many Christians do we have here today? How many are saved? Lift your hand up high. Okay? How many just aren't sure? We'll have an altar call right now. Okay. If you're saved, guess what? God has a great desire to speak to you, to help you. In John 10, it says, My sheep listen to my voice and they follow. We hear and learn to recognize his voice the same way as we do in coming to salvation. It's by grace through faith, the voice of God will always line up with the word of God. That's why the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by God's word in Romans chapter 10, verse 17. So first off, we have an entire Bible. Second thing, we recognize his voice as we spend time in the Bible, meditating upon his word. See, God is still speaking God is still desiring. God is still moving. But we have to train ourselves in the things of God that we can better recognize when he is speaking. Am I making any sense today? Years ago before we started this church, my wife and I moved here to Flagstaff and, and uh, you know, I didn't have a, I, I, I came up here and I, I went to work for Lavelle McCoy. Where are you at, Lavelle? Lavelle was the first person I worked for when I came up here. 
And, uh, you know, we became great friends. And, and here, all these years later, Lavelle's coming to our church. Isn't that exciting? Uh, him and his wife, Jan, of course. Where's Jan? There. Okay. But after I left his job, I only worked two jobs before the church. I left his job. I went to the bank. I went to Chase Bank. My wife, she helped me to put together my resume. I had an awesome resume as a pastor. Just didn't have a very good resume in the secular world because I hadn't done a whole lot. So she helped me put the resume together, and, and we mailed it out and sent it out. And all of a sudden, Chase Bank calls me. And I, I go through this the months of testing. And then after I went through testing, they sent me off to Phoenix for, I don't know, it was six or eight weeks to Chase Towers. And I asked my wife, I said, what in the world are they wanting to do that for? And she said these words, they want to chase-eyes you. They want to teach you how, you how they do things. They want to teach you to become like them. Now listen to me. I'm going someplace with this. I spent weeks learning how to recognize what Chase does. While I was there, I saw how the tellers were being trained. And they would spend hours going through money. Tens of thousands of dollars just, just going through money. You know what they were doing? They were learning how to find counterfeit. Some of you bankers in here, you know how you learn the counterfeit? You go through a lot of the real. The way you find the fake is you recognize the real. It's the same way in Christianity. When you study the genuine so much, the fake comes up real early, real easy. This is the way that we become familiar with the voice of God. We become familiar with the word of God. In this, according to 1 John 4, we can recognize truth and error. While God does speak audibly today, God chooses primarily to speak to us through his word. God can lead through the Holy Spirit. God can lead by speaking to our conscience. God can lead by a circumstance that you're dealing with in your life. And he also speaks to the exhortations of other people. How many ever had somebody say something to you and you just irritated the heck out of you because you knew it was right? Okay, that was just for me then because, yeah. But God uses people to speak to us. And by comparing what we heard and hear to the truth of Scripture, we begin to readily recognize God's voice. I'll have people come up to me and they'll, and they'll say, well, Pastor, God said. Well, that immediately gets my attention. God said. Okay. And then they'll give me some cockamamie thing. Can I say that in church? <laughs> Give me some messed up thing. That they, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty gracious with my words. 
And I'll tell them, well, you know, God might have said that, but it's not the God I serve. Just to get their attention. Because there's lots of voices, church. How do we recognize the right one or the wrong one? By understanding God's word. Jesus Christ said, I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. I will never change. I never have changed. And I will never change in this world. So can I be really sure it's God's voice, not mine, not the enemy? Yes. Realize this world is full of decisions that have no absolute how-to directions in the Bible. Let me throw a couple that I know might hit home this morning. How many hours should I watch TV? You will not find that answer in the Bible. Should I play this hostile video game? Man, it's getting quiet in here. You will not find that answer in the Bible. Should I date my coworker? Should I call in sick because I stayed up too late the night before? You see, we all have beliefs about truth. The stretching or the drawing in. Regardless of what God's word says, we all have our ideas what is or is not God. So we can not always be sure in and of ourselves whether it came from God. Could your urges actually be from the enemy? Well, you know, if it's, if it's good and I like it, it's got to be God. I'll leave that one for later. In the beginning, distinguishing our own ideas from God's leading is difficult. But I want you to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. I don't think I'll put it on the screen, but it's in your notes. The Bible says that we are to bring every thought into captivity. And the captivity that we bring it into is the obedience of God's word. If I have a thought and I'm not sure if this thought is God or not, what do I do? I bring it to the mirror the mirror of God's word, and I set it against God's word and said, could this be God? Could it not? Am I making any sense today? Okay, so let me get to the nuts and bolts of this. As we've seen already, the most common way God communicates is through his word, the recordings of scripture. It's the very best way. It is the place that we can come to the place that we know that we know. Reading God's Bible. Reading the Word of God is the primary way. It's the best way to learn God's character. It's the best way to learn His attributes, His dealings with people throughout history, and His guide to people throughout the future. We speak to God in prayer, and as we pray, God responds to us through His Word. I have said this over the course of this series. Have you ever read a passage in Scripture that you know you've read a hundred times, but this time it just came alive to you? Listen, because God's now speaking. Oh, he speaks every time you open the Bible. But he is now making that verse come alive to you. He is speaking directly to an issue or a place in your life that needs to be addressed. It may not be bad. 
it may be good. It may not be for today. It may be, but that's what happens. God is bringing his word. Why? You've been seeking him. You've been asking him, God, show me. The second way that God speaks to us readily and quite obviously is through the leading of the Holy Spirit. Okay? If we are confused about the voice we're hearing, you know what the Bible tells us to do? Ask God. God, is this you? Look on the screen. James chapter 1 says, if any of you lack wisdom, if any of you doesn't understand, what should we do? Ask God, who generously wants to give it to you. Now, I love that part in there, without finding fault. He could have found lots of fault in Gideon, but he didn't. He just went through it and said, Gideon, this is what we're going to do. God will give it to you and to me. If you're not sure, God says, ask. Now, when you ask, remember that whole part about not wanting to pay the price? We don't want to know because we might not want to do this. He says to ask in James chapter 1, 6 and 7, he says to ask without doubt. Without doubt. You see, you're asking God, God, is this you? then stop doubting because God's going to give you clarity of whether it is or not. Am I making sense today? Okay. You're going to the one who said, I'm going to hold nothing back. I'm going to give you the answer. And he said, don't doubt about it. You're going to know whether it's me or the enemy or you. He said, because the one that doubts is like the wave of the sea, blown, tossed, to and fro. But this is the interesting part. It says that person should never think they'll receive anything from God. I don't know about you, but I want to receive from God. So when I'm asking God for an answer, I'm very intently waiting for that answer. We talk to God in prayer. He tells us to sincerely wait for his response. The Holy Spirit, the Bible teaches, is God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. I ought to teach on the Trinity one of these days. It's very, very just incredible. But the Holy Spirit is God. He is always interceding for you, for me. Why? That he can guide us. Look at the psalmist. 139th Psalm says, I can never escape your spirit. If I, 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 I can never get away from your presence. If I go to heaven, you're there. If I go to the grave, or one translation calls it, the, if I go to Hades or, the, or to hell or to Sheol, you are there. If I ride on the wings of the morning, you are there. If I dwell on the furthest ocean, even there your hand will guide me. What is the word of God saying? It doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter where you've been. God said, I'll be there to get you while you're going. You just have to ask and listen to what I'm trying to say. Romans chapter 8 are, are people that are baptized in the Holy Spirit. This is one of those passages that are real critical to all of us who speak in tongues and, and pray in the baptism of the Holy Spirit that the Bible does teach. We've got great teaching on that here. That is the Word of God. Look what it says in Romans 8. The Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for at times. How many find that to be true? So what happens is the Holy Spirit prays for us. 
This is what speaking in other tongues is all about. It is the anointing of the Holy Spirit that comes upon us and works in us and works through us. And the Bible says it's with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And this is what I love. The Father knows all the hearts what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit is pleading for us believers in harmony with God's own will. There's many times in my life I don't know what to pray for. And so I'll start praying in tongues. Pastor, I didn't know our church believed that. It's in the Bible. Why wouldn't I believe it? I always gets nervous. Talk about two things in the church, tongues and money. Always gets nervous. It's just, yeah. What do you do? God prays through us, through the Holy Spirit. When we feel we receive personal instruction from God, we need to remain wise. And this is, I want you to see, test the signs. Does it agree with God's word? Does it agree with God's heart? Does it agree with God's character? Proverbs 4 says, getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. Getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. And after you get wisdom, develop good judgment. Let me wrap this up as the worship team comes. 1 John chapter 4 says, do not believe every spirit. Test the spirits to see if they're from God or from the world. The world is full of voices and distractions. I want you to hear this last part of this message. The world is full of voices and distractions. So are our minds. We are in a spiritual battle. The enemy is eager to supply diversions to distract us from God's will. In 1 Peter 5, he says he walks about as a roaring lion. But God tells us to be vigilant, knowing his devices. The last thing that I want to talk about in how God speaks to us is through the direction of a godly mentor, a godly man or woman who will provide wise counsel. Proverbs 12 says, wise words bring many benefits. Hard work brings rewards. But listen to this. Fools think their own way is right, but the wise listen. Proverbs 15 says, plans go wrong when you try to do it on yourself or with no counsel. But multitude of counselors bring success. Ultimately, God wants to speak. We need to learn to listen. In hearing God's voice, there is one thing we must remember. God does not want us to fail. God does not want us to fail. He has no desire hiding his will or his plan from us. A few simple statements that we must look at in hearing from God. Number one, is there clarity or confusion? In 1 Corinthians 14, the Bible says that God is not the author of confusion. God is the author of peace. Is there precise or is it vague? 
See, God speaking to you will be very clear as you stop long enough and listen, as you slow down long enough to hear. The second thing in hearing the voice of God, does what you have heard go against God's word? As I've shared from the very beginning of this series, God will never contradict himself. His word is truth. John 17 tells us, his word is truth. And the third thing, does the voice, does the prompting, is it leading you to sin? Can I tell you something about fire? You play with it, I guarantee you get burned. You play with sin, I guarantee you lose. Does it lead you away from God? When the Spirit leads us, we will no longer be directed towards our sinful, worldly desires. Once again, we stand without doubt that God does not want us to fail. This morning, I have ministered the last few weeks on a subject that is very, very difficult. Because there's one side of the fence that says God doesn't speak anymore. And there's the other side of the fence that God speaks in all kinds of different things. Well, folks, I I believe God still speaks today. Audibly and personally. But the number one way he does it is through his word. Do you want to hear his voice? Spend time in his word. Spend time in his word. And ask him. Speak to me through this passage. Can I promise you something? He will. He will. He wants you to succeed. He really does. How many think that's a pretty good thing for our God to want that? So today, as we begin to worship, as we begin to sing, I want you to just think about God's voice and how often he has spoken to you already. Let's bow our heads. Go ahead, Jacob. How great is our God. Sing with me. How great is our God. All will see how great, how great is our God, age to age, and age to age he stands. Time is in his hands, beginning and
desires for you and I to hear from him that he sent his son 2,000 years ago to die we've already asked the Lord to forgive us before we partook in communion but maybe you're here and your heart's not right with God maybe you're here and you say well I prayed that prayer but I really I'd, I'd like to make a commitment I'd like to make an open commitment there's people coming to the altar for various reasons I wonder if you would join them. Just step out of your chair and come find a place at this altar. Because I promise God wants to speak to you. God wants to speak to you. And I have never found a better place than an old-fashioned altar. So I wonder if you'd come. But let me talk to you that have been listening to God. And God really has been speaking. Never be afraid of what it's going to cost you. Never be afraid of what it's going to cost you to do what God wants. Because God prepared you for that time. God prepared you for that call, for that purpose, for that plan. You and I just got to make the decision. Not my will, but thy will be done. And you know something? That's really what you want. Every man, woman, and child on this earth, sinner or saint, really does want what God wants because that's what God wrote on our hearts. That's what God wrote on our hearts. That's why we fight so badly against it when we're out in the world doing what we know we shouldn't do. So today, maybe you're been struggling with God. God's been calling you. God's been challenging you. And you're saying, Pastor, you're right. I need to make a decision. If that's you, I want you to step out of your chair as Pastor Ray comes and come find a place at this altar and just find a place to pray. Find a place to pray and say, God, today I commit my life completely without reservation to you. Would you come quickly? Would you come quickly? How great is our God? How great is our God? Pastor Tim Masters with this week's message on the Destined to Win podcast. Destined to Win is made possible with the prayerful and financial support of those destined to win. To donate online, visit vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Destined to Win is a production of Victorious Life Christian Center with services Sunday mornings at 10 at the Flagstaff Middle School Complex. I'm Joe Harding. For Pastor Tim Masters and the congregation at Victorious Life Christian Centers, you're invited to join us here next week for another edition of the Destined to Win podcast.